While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. Okay, this is another Moving Through Georgia Extra. It's a rainy day and my little pod dog Duke here is sound asleep next to me and I just thought I would share one more Cherokee myth. Again, this is from Myths of the Cherokee by James Mooney from 1902. This is a good one. It's not too long. It's called Two Lazy Hunters. A party of warriors once started out for a long hunting trip in the mountains. They went on until they came to a good game region where they set up their bark hut in a convenient place near the riverside. Every morning after breakfast, they scattered out, each man for himself, to be gone all day until they returned at night with whatever game they had taken. There was one lazy fellow who went out alone every morning like the others, but only until he found a sunny slope where he would stretch out by the side of a rock to sleep until evening returning then to camp empty-handed. But with his moccasins torn and a long story of how he had tramped all day and found nothing. This went on until one of the others began to suspect that something was wrong and made it his business to find it out. The next morning he followed him secretly through the woods until he saw him come out into a sunny opening where he sat down upon a large rock took off his moccasins and began rubbing them against the rocks until he had worn holes in them. Then the lazy fellow loosened his belt, lay down beside the rock, and went to sleep. The spy set fire to the dry leaves and watched until the flame crept close up to the sleeping man, who never opened his eyes. The spy went back to camp and told what he had seen. Around supper time, the lazy fellow came in with the same old story of a long day's hunt and no game. When he had finished, the others all laughed and called him a sleepyhead. He insisted that he had been climbing the ridges all day and put out his moccasins to show how worn they were, not knowing that they were scorched from the fire as he had slept on until sundown. When they saw the blackened moccasins, they laughed again, and he was too much astonished to say a word in his defense, so the captain said that such a liar was not fit to stay with them, and he was driven from the camp. There was another lazy fellow who courted a pretty girl, but she would have nothing to do with him, telling him that her husband must be a good hunter or she would remain single all her life. That sounds like a pretty sensible girl. One morning he went into the woods and by a lucky accident managed to kill a deer. Lifting it upon his back, he carried it into the settlement, passing right by the door of the house where the girl and her mother lived. As soon as he was out of sight of the house, he went by a roundabout course into the woods again and waited until evening when he appeared with the deer on his shoulder and came down the trail past the girl's house as he had in the morning. He did this the next day and the next until the girl began to think he must be killing all the deer in the woods. So her mother, the old women are usually the matchmakers, got ready and went to the young man's mother to talk it over. When she arrived and the greetings were done, she said, Your son must be a good hunter. No, replied the old woman, he seldom kills anything. But he has been killing a great many deer lately. I haven't seen any, said his mother. 
Why, he has been carrying deer past our house twice a day for the last three days. I don't know what he did with them, said the young man's mother. He never brought them here. Then the girl's mother was sure there was something wrong, so she went home and told her husband, who followed up the young man's trail into the woods until it brought him to where the body of the deer was hidden, now so far decayed that it had to be thrown away. That's such a good story, and again, nothing ever changes. Boys go to incredible lengths to impress the girls, who usually see right through them. This last one might even sound kind of familiar. It's called How the Terrapin Beat the Rabbit. The rabbit was a great runner, and everybody knew it. No one thought the terrapin anything but a slow traveler, but he was a great warrior and very boastful, and the two were always disputing about their speed. At last they agreed to decide the matter by a race. They fixed the day and the starting place and arranged to run across four mountain ridges, and the one who came in first at the end was to be the winner. This sounds sort of familiar, doesn't it? The rabbit felt so sure of it that he said to the terrapin, You know you can't run. You can never win the race. So I'll give you the first ridge, and then you'll have only three to cross while I go over four. The terrapin said that would be all right, but that night when he went home to his family, he sent for his terrapin friends and told them he wanted their help. He said he knew he could not outrun the rabbit, but he wanted to stop the rabbit's boasting. He explained his plan to his friends and they agreed to help him. When the day came, all the animals were there to see the race. The rabbit was with them, but the terrapin was gone ahead toward the first ridge as they had arranged, and they could hardly see him on account of the long grass. The word was given, and the rabbit started off with long jumps up the mountain, expecting to win the race before the terrapin could even get down the other side. But before he got up the mountain, he saw the terrapin go over the ridge ahead of him. He ran on, and when he reached the top, he looked all around, but he could not see the terrapin on account of the long grass. He kept on down the mountain and began to climb the second ridge, but when he looked up again, there was the terrapin just going over the top. Now he was surprised and made his longest jumps to catch up, but when he got to the top, there was the terrapin away in front going over the third ridge. The rabbit was getting tired now and nearly out of breath, but he kept on down the mountain and up the other ridge until he got to the top just in time to see the terrapin cross the fourth ridge and thus win the race. The rabbit could not make another jump, but fell over on the ground crying me 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 as the rabbit does ever since when he is too tired to run anymore. I've never heard a rabbit do that, but I'll believe the, uh, the writer of this story. The race was given to the terrapin, and all the animals wondered how he could win against the rabbit, but he kept still and never told. It was easy enough, however, because all the terrapin's friends looked just alike, and he had simply posted one near the top of each ridge to wait until the rabbit came in sight and then climb over and hide in the long grass. When the rabbit came on, he could not find the terrapin, and so he thought the terrapin was ahead, and if he had met with one of the other terrapins, he would have thought it was the same one, because they all looked so much alike. 
the real Terrapin had posted himself on the fourth ridge so as to come in at the end of the race and be ready to answer questions if the animal suspected anything. Now there's an interesting note here that says the Cherokee tribes used to play some sort of ball game. And it says here that in preparation for the game, a conjurer would basically make some rabbit soup and send someone at night to pour it across the path along which the other players were supposed to come in the morning. And apparently, walking over this rabbit soup would tire out the other players and they would be worn out before the game even began. And even to make it better, it says the other team would expect this and would try to make sure they made it to the ball game without walking over the soup. Pouring rabbit soup across the path that the opposing team walks on is pretty odd, but it's not that much more unusual than wearing the same pair of socks for every football game or some of the other unusual rituals that people follow when they're following or playing their favorite sport. Okay, I said I was going to do one story, and I ended up doing three, but Duke's been a good boy waiting for me, and he's ready to go out. You ready to go out, buddy? All right. All right, thank you for listening. We'll have another episode on Sunday. Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The yellow man left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe. From an aid that pretty gal to Georgia. That's all.